0: Hi everybody, welcome to another Prog Report podcast interview. This is Roy Avon. I hope everybody's doing okay out there. Uh, we got another great interview today. Derek Sherinian, who you guys know from Sons of Apollo and uh, formerly of Dream Theater and Black Country Communion and a ton of other projects, has a great new solo album coming out on September 18th called The Phoenix with uh, Simon Phillips on drums and a number of amazing guitar players. So I'm really happy to welcome to the show, Derek Sherinian. Hey, what's going on, sir?
1: What's up? How are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks.
0: Great to talk to you again, man. Um, Have you been during the quarantine? How's life treating you? Are you able to keep busy? Are you staying home 24 hours a day? What's been going on?
1: I've pretty much just been hunkering down here in the studio and swimming every morning in my pool and finishing up whatever records I'm working on. I finished up the Phoenix, and now I'm doing the press cycle. And... just. Staying as busy as possible. I've been been writing new music. That could be for Sons of Apollo, for new solo records. I'm doing sessions for everyone. I just did a session last week for Michael Schenker, and that was pretty exciting, and, and other artists all over the world. So every day I'm doing something musical and staying uh, fit and healthy, and just making the best of the situation until we can all go out and go tour again.
0: I know. God, you guys, I mean, the Sons of Apollo thing was really hitting, you know, getting steam and uh, you had to cut that tour short. Could you have imagined back then when you were coming back from Europe, it would have, it would be now so many months later? I mean, that's that. it can't be that you thought it would be this way.
1: No, I mean, it was surreal while it was happening. I mean, before we set on the plane... I knew that there was some shit going on and I was saying, I'm going, Oh my God, I feel like we're walking into a fucking, (laughs) a nightmare. And because we heard about this happening and the thought of shows being canceled and sure enough, you know, the second day we're there, we're hearing about Milan being canceled and, and Spain. And we were one of the first bands to pull the tour and come home. And then shortly after many artists followed suit and, and canceled their tours and here we are now so let's just hope that they figure it out and we can get back to business you know
0: for sure well I, I i count myself among the lucky people that saw the show i caught the show in new york uh and it was just awesome you guys are just tremendous Oh, thank you tremendous yeah
1: it's a great energy it's a great lineup of, of players and when everything's vibrating and we hit the stage we all have the common goal of this and kicking ass and, and delivering a great show and the band is special in that way so
0: yeah no it really is i look forward to, to some more stuff uh but let's talk about the phoenix uh comes out september 18th just a phenomenal new solo record you have it's like a who's who of, of uh stellar musicians simon phillips is back with you uh tony franklin uh who else billy sheehan steve Vai, zach wilde joe bonamassa bumblefoot <laughs> Kiko, Kiko, uh, I, it's crazy. It's, it's a, it's an amazing lineup. I mean, when you're putting together a solo record, uh, I imagine this is a common question for you. But how do you decide who plays on what? Does it resolve itself sort of as you're writing a track? It sounds like a Steve Vai thing, or you know, or, or is it somebody you just happen to be talking to on the phone that week? How does it work out? Well,
1: I hear when I'm writing whatever the vibe or mood is, I hear certain
0: instruments
1: and certain tones and, and players. Like if I'm hearing something very aggressive and, and metal, I always hear Zach's guitar because I think he does that the best. If, or if I hear something with fretless bass, I always hear Tony Franklin's bass in my head. So these are all players that are my friends that I've played on many of my records and I have played on theirs as well. And, I just have my—it's like an artist. I have my palette of players or sounds, yeah, that and I use.
0: Is that that's got to make you feel really good? I mean, to to have these kind of guys that you can call up and they and they say yes. Has there ever been a time when you've been really nervous uh, asking somebody and and you weren't sure if they would say yes or no or you know that type of thing?
1: Absolutely not. Because the bottom line is, what am I doing? I'm asking someone to play if they want to play music i'm not asking them to do something (laughs) horrible so where why should there be fear in that and and the only fear is them saying no and if they say no they say no you know
0: yeah um uh, let's talk about simon phillips being back with you he's been on, on a ton of albums with you uh did you work on the writing of these songs together um or do you write them and then he comes in how does that process work with you guys
1: well, Simon when I first got together with him about a year ago, I had a few ideas on my hard drive that I brought up and I played him what I had and he just picked the best stuff that he felt that would that he could contribute to and we focused on those ideas and he added and expanded to them in in huge ways and we just have a great chemistry when we work together. One of the reasons I love Simon is that 40 years ago in 1980, two of my favorite records that year were Jeff Beck, There and Back, and Michael Shanker Group, the first record. And one was Heavy Metal, one was Jazz Fusion, but Simon was the drummer on both of those records. Yeah. And what made it, what was so impressive that he shined on both of those records in both of those different styles, that you could feel his identity and his sound on his instrument in both situations that combined with the impact that Eddie Van Halen had on me in 1978, when I heard his guitar and the power of being able to transfer your personality through your instrument and to be able to be identified immediately. Once people hear you, that had, that was the most important aspect about being a musician to me more important than playing a million miles per hour but to have that signature sound and identity. And if you look at my records, every player that's on there has a signature distinct sound. And there's a reason why these players are at the very, very top. And those are the players that I tend to favor. And I just yeah. feel very blessed to be surrounded with these guys.
0: No, that's true. I mean, there it's impossible to not... To hear a Vi song and not know it's it's him, you know, and and it's, yeah, it's like all like another guys.
1: journalist just another journalist said to me, he goes, "What's great about the Phoenix is I don't even need to see the player credits and yeah. I know who's playing. I can tell from the thing, and to me, that's a great compliment and it's an attestment to the mastery of of all the people involved."
0: Yeah, I mean that's really the same thing with your keyboard style. You have these few sounds and licks that are signature things that you do. That I even think it's harder for a keyboard player to be unique in that way, you know what i mean uh, it, it's, it's much
1: harder I think it's much harder because just of the nature of the instrument, yeah. you have to really the a synthesizer and keyboard is a cold instrument to begin with, so you need to be able to figure out a way to humanize it, to squeeze out the screen, the blood, you know, all the that element, the stuff that you need that you hear in the
0: guitar. Yeah. Um, You also have, of course, Joe Bonamassa on, on here who you work with in, uh, in Black Country Communion and uh, the track them changes, which is just killer. Um, That's the one vocal track. And right away, again, you know, it's him singing and playing. It's easy. (laughs) But, um, you know, uh, talk about working with him just generally as an artist, not even just on this record. I mean, he's just incredible. So uh, what's the sort of vibe when you guys get in a room and, and work on stuff?
1: Joe and I, when we first met on the Black Country Communion One session, we immediately connected and and got along, you know, banter and joke and playing wise, there was an immediate respect. And I mean, after doing four BCC records with him, and I toured in his solo band for two years as well, we uh, we've just developed a really great friendship and, and mutual respect. And I'm very proud of, the success that Joe has reached worldwide. I mean, right now, he's the number one selling guitar player in the world. And as far as blues guitar, it just doesn't get any better than Joe Bonamassa right now. And so him coming to play on my record and sing and, and do the video and, and help me out, I'm very, gra- I have very gracious, I you know, have a lot of gratitude for that.
0: Yeah. My dad, uh, this you know, was on to Joe Bonamassa. I don't know more than ten years ago at least, and uh, was was going to see him live, showing me all the music. And I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard of him yet. I'm not that much into the blues scene to to know you know uh, as much. But uh, my dad's a big music crazy guy, and uh, uh, but yeah, and, and just started showing me the stuff. And then to see where that is. To, gone from you know he was just he was playing still decent sized venues then but now it's become arenas royal albert hall and all this it's crazy i mean it's a, a amazing achievement
1: it's really amazing it's amazing phenomenal what what he's built and uh all the credit goes to him
0: yeah you also work with tony franklin who is who uh i looked and it it, it he's been on all of your solo records i guess is that is that right
1: that's correct yeah. all eight
0: that's amazing i i
1: i'm a huge fan of his he's a a fantastic player ever since he played on my my first planet x solo record i've I've been a fan and i'm doing a session with him tomorrow with he and simon i can't reveal what it is but let's just say that he's going to be on my ninth record as well
0: that's amazing i uh I mean, I've I was a fan of his since The Firm. <laughs> I mean, that's which I love that bass playing, and then Blue Murder. He's he's just really one of the best uh, around, and uh, and the most recognizable fretless sound, right? I mean, it's just right on. You know, it's him.
1: Fantastic, like that's what I was saying. He has that identifiable, special sound. Yeah. And there's, I mean, let's look at it seriously. There are so many musicians and they're playing amazingly technical passages on their instruments or drums or whatever it is but you can't distinguish them from a thousand other people yeah it sounds great there's nothing wrong you can't criticize it but it's there's no signature on it
0: right no it's it's so my point uh...
1: is, is it's a rarity it's not something that you can consciously do you it has to be in your personality or There has to be a way that you can filter, take down the filter between your essence and your instrument. And you have to be able to channel that through the instrument without that filter in order to really pop out. And that's a a God gift, I think. And very few people have it.
0: No, it's true. You know what? It's sort of similar to sports. If you look at, you know, there's guys that run faster and jump higher or whatever, but then you got Tom Brady who just is the guy that wins all the time in the fourth quarter and
1: you have to put together all the elements yeah. it, there's a lot of elements involved and then there's a lot of ingredients involved when you're making a record there's just a lot of details yeah. everything goes into it
0: what one thing i've i've started to become fascinated with is like the 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 professionalism that comes with being a musician on on your level and, and a lot of the guys that you play with right so it's not just like you're saying practicing and being uh really good at playing uh, scales or or whatever it is but like like with um with any sport there's the different gear and how to take care of the gear and um you know fine tuning things and how to put things in special rooms so they sound better you know at what point in your Uh, evolution, so as becoming a professional artist, does it change? Did it change for you from just being in your room and jamming away on a keyboard to then becoming making it professional and learning what that all takes? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I think it's a gradual process as you start to play in bands. I remember the, the first, a very big breakthrough for me is when I became friends with Brad Gillis from Night Ranger and I was in my hometown in in Santa Cruz. I remember I was living in Los Angeles at the time. I had nothing really going on musically. I didn't have money. So I went up to go with my tail between my legs up to my mom's house to chill for a week or whatever. And so I went to the local nightclub and there was Brad Gillis, a Night Ranger. I recognized him right away because he played in Ozzy and and Night Ranger was a big band. So I went up and introduced myself and he was very nice. And uh, he says, "Hey, well, let me buy you a drink." and so we became friends, and I told him I was a keyboard player, and he was the first like rock star or named person that pulled me up and and I played on his demos, like I would drive from Santa Cruz up to Oakland, and I would record on his demos because it was a big deal for me because i was I was working with someone from Night Ranger, and it was the first time I was uh, working with someone that was famous that had made it. And I got a glimpse of that world of what it looked like through his eyes. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And,
1: and, and so, and so then one after that, I shortly, like a year after I got the Alice Cooper gig. And then obviously from there I was, I turned pro and I had to learn the ways.
0: <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. T- well, what was, You've toured with, I mean, everybody, right? So what, what was touring with Alice Cooper at that young age? Or I know you toured with Kiss for a period. I mean, what were some of those experiences like at, at, at that young age when you were starting out? That must have been just amazing.
1: It, it was absolutely amazing because, you know, at that point in time, there's big dreams and, and you want to make it. And you're just waiting for that opportunity. And my opportunity came to audition and when I got hired for the gig, it really was like the culmination of all my dreams and it validated everything that I'd been working for, or stood for, and it was the first time that, that there was something tangible that like my parents or friends could say, whoa, he's now the keyboard player of Alice Cooper. There's Derek on MTV. Derek's going on a world arena tour yeah. right now. So all of a sudden I'm Derek from Santa Cruz to Derek from Alice Cooper. And that's a huge fucking leap. And especially at, at, I just turned 23 years old. So I'm on top of the world. And it was the very end of the eighties, the hair scene. So I got to, to, uh, to see that right before it died in. Uh, <laughs> oh, that must have been
0: crazy times.
1: Eric Singer was on the tour. And to this date, he's still my you know, best friend, and we laugh. And he's obviously done huge things in Kiss in his career. He goes, Derek, even with all the the huge stuff, playing the Super Bowl and everything. Goes, the most fun I ever had was with you on that first Alice Cooper tour because yeah. we were so young and it was so new, and it was just a real thrill. And yeah. so I'm very grateful for that
0: there can't be anything like those, like those times and (laughs) being a rock star.
1: (laughs) Fucking great. Or at least thinking we thought we were rock stars, even though we were sidemen, but we carried ourselves, we carried ourselves like we were Led Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It's it's hysterical.
0: That's great, man. So uh, do you ever look around at the sort of the music uh, landscape or, and, uh, and sort of see up, up and coming other keyboardists and stuff? It, it, it seems like it may be sort of a dying art, you know, being a a, a leading keyboard guy in a rock band these days. Or do you pay attention? to I don't to know. Sort of there's certain.
1: On? There's like I hear a couple of guys that are playing some things really cool, but I just I'm not hearing. I'm hearing a lot of gadgetry.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm just hearing a lot of digital stuff. I'm not hearing a lot of D three. I'm not hearing a lot of warm organic cool rock tones i'm not hearing any head i'm not hearing any aggression out of anybody
0: yeah it's tough um
1: and, yeah. and i'm definitely not hearing any signature sounds right any signature styles
0: well somebody's got to come out there who's 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 the next eric Sherinian out there come on somebody <laughs> let's come on. let's get it going uh talk to me real quick before we go uh Sons of Apollo, I mean, I know you guys are putting out some more tour dates, rescheduling things for 2021. Um, I mean, do you think you'll be writing again soon? Have you guys talked about it? Or what, what's what's happening there?
1: Well, everyone's doing their own thing. I know Ron, Ron and I are writing, and every day we're in our studios writing, so that's all I know for now.
0: Cool. Well, all right, man. So uh, The Phoenix out on September 18th, first single, Empyrean Sky, is out now. Uh, more stuff to come. The album's amazing. Um, and uh, good luck to the, good luck to you with the album, man. I think it's, it's awesome. People are going to love it once they hear the whole thing.
1: Roy, thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'll right, Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks to Derek for the interview. We're going to close with the track Empyrean Sky off of his album, the Phoenix again, comes out September 18th for upcoming news and, For upcoming news, interviews, and more, please check ParkReport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at The Park Report on Twitter. Download the podcast on our podcast networks and on YouTube. Stay safe. Thanks.